Hi everyone and welcome back to The Spectrum Reality. In my last episode, I talked about family life when living with a child on the spectrum. In this episode, I will discuss hygiene, self-care and puberty and how the smallest steps towards self-care are big achievements for people living with autism spectrum disorder. I will talk about Amelia's journey of hygiene and self-care from not being able to feed herself, dress herself or brush her own teeth and all the little things that everyday people take for granted to now when we are facing the next challenge of puberty and what that means for a child with autism. So let's get started. For any child, learning to take care of yourself is a part of the developmental journey into adulthood. From the moment you are able to hold your own bottle to the moment you are a complete independent adult in the world. For those with autism spectrum disorder, these little milestones towards being self-reliant and independent can be harder to achieve. From the moment Amelia was born, every little step of self-care was a big hurdle that sometimes took years to achieve. As I've mentioned before in previous podcasts, Amelia's developmental delays were noticeable from as early on as six months old. And it was the little things that we noticed, such as not being able to communicate by doing things like raising her hands to indicate I want to be picked up, to not being able to hold her own bottle independently, not being able to point to objects that interested her, not being able to pick up objects and put them in her mouth, which is a really important part of a child's discovery. I used to think how great it was that I didn't have to worry about Amelia putting things in her mouth, but I now know it was because of her development developmental delays and I came to realize that she missed a vital part of what it is to be a baby and explore the world around her. As time went on it became clearer that she was severely delayed in all aspects of development such as gross motor skills, fine motor skills, cognitive skills, language and social skills. It really began to show when she didn't start to crawl until she was almost one years old and it wasn't even a normal crawl it was very disjointed kind of crawl. She didn't walk until she was almost two years old and the biggest sign of her delay at the age of three was her being non-verbal and not being able to feed herself. These types of delays affected Amelia right up until she was at least five where she needed a lot of help and support and to this day we are still facing certain developmental delays that affect her everyday life. When I talk about the simple things such as drinking from a bottle, this can be a huge hurdle for children on the spectrum. And with Amelia, this really affected her in every way possible. She was never able to hold a bottle by herself. Even as we moved from bottle to a sipper cup, this transition was difficult as well. And it took a lot of prompting and consistency in helping Amelia just to be able to grab the side of the sipper cup and hold it up to her mouth. Even now at the age of 10, she has just mastered being able to drink out of a water bottle without a pop top by herself. And to go back to the sipper cup, it probably took a good six to eight months before she was able to hold it independently. And for us and for Amelia, it was such a huge achievement. And I remember an occupational therapist saying that these small steps are huge for children on the spectrum because it's such a significant step forward towards their development, self-care and independence. Every small milestone Amelia achieves, it's a huge step forward for her 
And every moment of achievement is a huge celebration for us. Moments such as the time we were able to stop spoon feeding her at the age of three and she was able to hold a spoon herself and feed herself. This was such an important step to take towards independent living. I remember when it came to solid food, we would have to cut everything up in small bite sizes so Amelia could just pick them up with her fingers and eat. It took many years until she was at least five for Amelia to be able to eat a sandwich, a whole sandwich that was cut into just four triangles. And this was partly due to her low muscle tone in her mouth and also the lack of her fine motor skills. And this made it difficult for her to take those big bites or chew on large or hard items of food. Developmental delays can be common for children with autism. But in saying that, there are children I've known with autism that have achieved many developmental milestones and are very independent and self-reliant. For Amelia, though, every milestone she achieves was through a lot of help and practice. Consistency is a huge part of Amelia's learning process. Even now at the age of 10, Amelia has only just been able to drink through a straw, something that we have worked on with an occupational therapist since Amelia was five years old. And I think a lot of it comes from that consistency and practice, but also a level of her maturity and development can also play a big part in achieving those milestones. Every time Amelia achieves a developmental milestone, we celebrate and make it a huge deal. And we shout and we yell and we say things like, yay, Amelia, you did it. Because it's really important for her to understand just what she's achieved and how far she's come. Amelia can now dress herself fully from head to toe, including putting on her own socks, which has only just happened in the last year or so. But she still does struggle with things like zippers and buttons. And again, this is due to her developmental delays in her fine motor skills. And shoes with laces are another milestone we have yet to achieve. But all in good time because you can only address one milestone at a time. Otherwise, it becomes too overwhelming for Amelia. We are still currently learning how to hold a knife and a fork together and cut her own food. But knowing Amelia with practice and consistency, there will be a day that she will achieve these little developmental milestones that the average person takes for granted. Sometimes it can happen out of the blue. She will just all of a sudden be able to do it like there was never a problem. And even when she does achieve it, she also may take a step backwards, which can feel like you have to start all over again. And this is a very common thing that happens with children on the spectrum. Just when they've moved forward, occasionally they can just kind of take a step backwards as well. But I found with Amelia, I don't need to worry about that. I don't need to feel like everything we've done has just gone wrong because I know that she eventually gets back up to that level of achievement. And this is okay. It's okay to give them that time and space just to feel comfortable with their achievement and to know that they have the confidence to continue to do it. Over the years, I've learned how to be very patient. And for us, it doesn't matter anymore how old she is or to try and hope that she will achieve a milestone by a certain time, because that is an unrealistic expectation. And I may have mentioned it before, but a really good psychologist once told me that to have unrealistic expectations that can't be met will just set you up to automatically be disappointed. 
And for Amelia, we know this is fine for her to achieve independent skills at her own pace. We understand that it takes time and patience and to realize that there may be some things that she will never be able to do. And that's okay too. The next part of the podcast, I want to talk about hygiene. Through all of the therapists and specialists that we have seen, the common goal for Amelia is to achieve a life of self-care and a certain level of independence so that she can live the best life that she can possibly live. So when it comes to hygiene, this is another area that we have had a lot of help from her therapist, especially her occupational therapist and psychologist. When you think about all the things you do to look after yourself, basic steps you take to maintain an acceptable and healthy level of hygiene, which includes things like bathing, washing your hair, cleaning your teeth, using toilet paper, washing hands after being in the toilet, brushing your hair, using a tissue to wipe your nose, washing your clothes regularly, cutting toenails, cutting fingernails, going to the dentist, going to the hairdressers, going to the doctor, and the list goes on and on. For children with ASD, these basic routine practices can be difficult to achieve without some level of help. In Amelia's case, to achieve these goals, we have had to approach it with patience, practice and consistency. You will hear these three words a lot in this podcast because I find that those three words are a very important part of helping Amelia get to that level of self-care and independence. To help Amelia achieve these goals of self-care and hygiene, it is essential that she has a good understanding about the importance of hygiene and looking after yourself. As it stands now, Amelia is just learning about how to bathe herself and wash in all areas of her body with soap. We discuss this with her regularly, why it is important to wash her body all over and why it is important to clean her teeth day and night. Why it is important to use a tissue when you sneeze or have a runny nose. And with all these steps we take with self-care, we need to explain to Amelia why it is important to do these steps every day. A little thing like brushing hair can be a huge challenge if your child has sensory issues with hair or their scalp or even just on their skin, the way that certain materials and textures feel. And even some children I've known have had issues with the feeling of water when they've had their hair washed, the water over their face. They really, really become quite upset. So having sensory issues, which is very common for children with autism, can be a very difficult process when it comes to hygiene and self-care. And for us, her sensory issues is one of our biggest hurdles at the moment, which can also cause a lot of uh, fear and anxiety for children with autism. For Amelia, a little thing like brushing her hair is a huge challenge because she does have that sensory issue with her hair and scalp. This has been an ongoing issue for her ever since she was a little girl. Ever since I can remember, she's always hated having her hair touched by anybody. And this includes having her hair brushed and even having her hair washed. She really dislikes that feeling. She would become really upset and have an emotional meltdown. I used to be so worried about what the neighbors must have thought every time she had her hair washed. And to this day, she still has that issue with her hair. But because we have consistently explained the importance of washing and brushing her hair, she, with a level of protest, can endure it and get through it. 
it has taken a lot of patience and different ways to try and help Amelia keep calm while she's getting her hair brushed or washed. And we've tried everything like singing while we brush or wash her hair, other things like letting her watch a movie on her iPad or have a fidget toy next to her to help keep her mind on something else, which I think in the long run has helped her to stay relatively calm while having her hair brushed. As a part of Amelia's therapy plan, we visit a psychiatrist regularly. And I remember at one time, her psychiatrist was asking about Amelia's hygiene and at the same time was actually looking at Amelia and looking at her appearance. She was looking at things like if Amelia was clean or was wearing clean clothes. And in particular, she was checking over her hair and making sure it had been brushed, which it was an up in a ponytail like usual. And I remember feeling odd about it and a bit confronted about what she was doing. And I remember her saying that she said, it's good to see that her hair is brushed. And I said, yes, we brush her hair every day and we wash her hair regularly, but struggle with it because she doesn't like it. And I must have been giving her a strange look because she went on to say, you know, you would be surprised how many children I've seen with the same sensory issue. And because they won't brush their hair or have anybody else brush their hair, they have ended up with clumps of knots that have to be cut off. So it is good to see that Amelia has a level of understanding about self-care and hygiene. And I'm doing this to make sure that if you needed some help with that, then there are strategies and ways that I can help you. I found this a little shocking, but at the same time, I understood the stress and the battle that parents would face every day just trying to do a simple task like brushing their child's hair. And for me, even though these challenges are really hard to overcome, I always come back to those three words of patience, practice and consistency. And just to know that if you need help, there is help out there. As it stands now, we are facing our next step towards self-care and independence, which is for Amelia to brush her own hair. Once we have achieved that, she may even be able to move on to washing her own hair. And then from there, we may even be able to take her to the hairdressers for the very first time, instead of me trying to cut her hair and doing a terrible job. So for now, with the help of Amelia's occupational therapist and psychologist, we are focusing on brushing her own hair, trying to get her to get past that sensory issue or use ways that she can get through it. To do this, we start with the basics, which is learning how to hold a brush in her hand. Because again, this could be her lack of motor skills that makes it difficult for her to hold her own brush. The next part of helping Amelia learn how to brush her own hair is to help her practice on other things like doll's hair or even practice on my hair. I've asked her many times if she wants to brush my hair. The answer is still no, but maybe one day. And she can learn then how to brush and stroke her hair properly and even tackle knots. And again, all these steps to self-care need to be done with that level of patience, practice and consistency. The next part of the podcast, I want to talk about puberty and what it means to go through puberty as an autistic person. Amelia is getting to an age where puberty is only around the corner. And when we face puberty, there is a certain level of maturity that needs to be there and a level of understanding. Puberty is a difficult time for any typically developed child, but at the same time, they do have that certain level of awareness and understanding that could be because of their older siblings, they've seen them go through it or potentially what they've seen on TV or just 
watching and talking to friends. For Amelia, even though she is 10 years old, her level of maturity is one of a six-year-old. And again, this is a part of her developmental delay. According to raisingchildren.net.au, which is a really great parenting website, children can start puberty between the ages of 10 to 11 for girls and 11 to 13 for boys. They recommend that for autistic children, helping them understand sooner rather than later can help in that transition of when their bodies begin to change. The website has some great ways to talk to your child about puberty, such as explaining the difference between young bodies and adult bodies, like women have breasts and men have hair on their face. The issue that we are facing at the moment when we try to discuss this with Amelia is she gets very upset if we say things like, you are growing into a big girl now. She will turn around and say, no, I'm a little girl. But again, we just have to fall back on that patience practice and consistency. The Raising Children's website also suggests using things such as visual aids, pictures and books to help understand the difference between a child's body and an adult body. This technique works really well for Amelia and we have often relied on books to help her understand lots of different life experiences such as losing baby teeth or going to the dentist and even helping her to understand what happens if a member of the family passes away which we recently needed to explain to Amelia but that is for another podcast another day. Another great website I've mentioned before is The Therapy Store, which has a variety of books and visual aids covering many issues we face day to day. One book in particular that I have recently discovered is called Special Girls Business, written by Faye Angelo, Heather Anderson and Rose Stewart. There is also one dedicated to boys with special needs called Special Boys Business. And both books cover the issues that we face when we go from our bodies changing from a child to an adult body and what happens as we go through puberty. The book is easy to read and very descriptive and it shows step-by-step ways our body changes from that child to adult using illustrations. And it also emphasizes on how to cope with those changes. We have read this book to Amelia a couple times now and at first she didn't really like it and I think it's because it's a little bit confronting and it may have caused a bit of fear and anxiety around what's happening to her body and why it's changing. But again, we just have that patience to ease back, not push it on her and just wait for when she's ready but still at the same time have a conversation around it. And for girls, of course, a part of puberty is a time when they start their period. This is something I'm not going to lie has worried me for some time because I'm not sure how to help Amelia through this when the time comes. After doing some research from articles and websites, a common message across the board is to start talking to your child about understanding why and how periods occur. And this should be done as soon as possible. And again, this is when things like social stories and visual aids are really helpful for children with autism to help them understand. So it's not something they are scared of. And to get that message across that it's normal to see these changes in their body. Most specialists and experts suggest that being honest and using the correct terms for our body parts is an important part of helping our children with autism understand puberty. It's not only
only the physical part of puberty that we need to help Amelia understand. It's also the emotional effect it will have on her. It's hard enough for a typically neurologically developed child to understand their emotions during puberty. But for an autistic child who still struggles with emotions and understanding their own emotions, it will be even harder for them to understand why they are feeling the way they feel during puberty. And of course, they will need extra help and support to be able to react in ways that will help them through it. Support that will come from psychologists or psychiatrists. But I also found that help can also come from Amelia's GP, who has known her since she was a baby, which may help Amelia understand the reasons behind her feelings and why she reacts a certain way during her menstrual cycle. From all that I have read and the videos I've watched, the best advice I found was from parents who have been through it or who are going through it. One video in particular, which was on the Raising Children's website, was a group of parents who talked about their experiences from both perspectives of what they went through with boys and what they went through with girls. For boys with autism going through puberty, most of the parents said it was difficult and frustrating for their child and at times made them react angrily. But in saying that, most parents who had been through it before with an older child said the symptoms were no different in a typically developed child. To an autistic child, just the level of confusion and frustration was greater. One mum in particular really helped me to understand what it was like going through her daughter's first period. The suggestions she made are ways that I'm definitely going to try with Amelia, such as talking to her school and her teachers in ways that they can help and support Amelia. And also to talk to Amelia through the changes in her body, like the bleeding, so it doesn't come as a shock or make her scared or think that something is wrong with her or that she is hurt. And the biggest message that has resonated with me is to start the conversation now and really prepare Amelia for that day. The other message is to constantly reassure Amelia that what she is going through is normal and it is okay. To the point of even showing her in detail of what to do when it happens, what sanitary pads to use and how to use them, especially in situations where it may not be in the comfort of her own home. And for me, my husband and Amelia's big sister to also be prepared for the days when Amelia's emotions are up and down. And to just understand that all she needs is patience and support. For children with autism spectrum disorder, helping them and supporting them through understanding the importance of self-care and hygiene can be a challenge, but with patience and consistency, they can achieve a level of independence that they can take with them into their adult life. And I know from experience when Amelia achieves some small steps, such as being able to bathe herself, she herself feels so happy to be her own person and in charge of her own body and the feeling of success of, yes, I can do this. When it comes to puberty, the best message that I've learned is to be open and honest about our bodies and what happens to our bodies when they change from being a child to being an adult. For Amelia, she is a ritualistic learner and needs a lot of visuals to help her understand and learn something new. Because of her language delay, we need to take it right back to the basics of understanding puberty. And for me, addressing the issue of puberty with Amelia has been something that has been on the back of my mind for some time because I wasn't sure how to help Amelia through it. And to be honest, it was very daunting to think of how we were going to approach the issue with her. 
But I was also relieved to see that there are so many websites and articles about puberty and ways of helping a child with autism understand puberty. And best of all, to hear other parents' experiences just enforces that message to me that I am not alone and help and support is out there. Thank you for listening and sharing this journey with me. Please join me for the next episode as I talk about helping children with autism understand death. If you'd like to keep up to date with The Spectrum Reality, you can follow us on our Facebook page or email us on thespectrumreality at outlook.com. See you next time.